0: good afternoon everyone and welcome to ask me anything about employment with susan
1: mcgurk my name is david blair and i'll be your moderator today Uh, this webinar is not a presentation but an interactive question and answer period and for the next hours or hour susan will take any questions you have related to enhancing thinking skills for the workplace Uh, susan is a professor Professor of Occupational Therapy and a member of the Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation at Boston University. Uh, Along with colleagues, uh, Susan has developed the Thinking Skills for Work program, which is a cognitive remediation program combining restorative tax practice of cognitive skills and the teaching of self management strategies designed to optimize cognitive and work functioning in persons receiving vocational rehabilitation services. Uh, the results of a really recently completed NIMH-funded two-site randomized controlled trial indicate the ability of the program to improve work outcomes in people who have failed to respond to supported employment. Uh, This is the first trial to date that has demonstrated the ability of cognitive enhancement program to improve rehabilitation outcomes in people who have failed to respond to an evidence-based practice. Uh, Today's event is jointly funded by the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living and Rehabilitation Research and the Center for Mental Health Services within the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. The content of this webinar does not represent the views or policies of the funding agencies and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government. Uh, During registration for the event, you were given the opportunity to submit questions in advance. Over the course of this webinar, we'll alternate between questions submitted in advance and the one you have today. Uh, You can ask your questions by typing them into the chat box. So welcome to the webinar and I hope you enjoy the next hour. Susan, so thank you for taking your time and being with us today. Uh, I want to just begin by people uh, kind of a, a an overview question of what, and we'll kind of go through a couple here just to bring everyone up to speed. What is cognitive remediation?
0: Um, well, that's a good start. Um, thanks, David, for uh, setting arranging the call and and for your introduction. Um, so yeah, cognitive remediation involves a, a set of strategies to help people both improve their thinking skills and um, compensate for cognitive difficulties by using self-management strategies. So to improve cognitive skills, typically we use computer-based cognitive software um, and there are a number number of um, software packages that have been published and, and found to be effective to improve cognitive functioning for people with serious mental illnesses and and other conditions. Um, And people practice these exercises, ideally with a trained facilitator to help them get the most out of the practice. And then some programs such as ours complement that cognitive practice with individualized self-management strategies to help people optimize their community functioning and functioning in the workplace, such as using checklists um, to prioritize what needs to be done first um, on a job, or using a memory spot to keep items of daily living in in one particular place in one's home or at work, so um, we know where to find them when we need them. And so uh, these strategies of practicing Um, Cognitive remediation is also sometimes called cognitive rehabilitation or cognitive enhancement or cognitive training. These are all descriptors of of the same approaches which are primarily as I said to both improve cognition or thinking skills um, and help people uh, use strategies to optimize their functioning in daily life. And the latter we all use for example calendars or schedulers either by phone or a book to keep track of our appointments so we don't forget them. Um, we use alarms to remind us to do things. Uh, we might leave ourselves phone messages. Um, all, everyone uses some type of cognitive self-management strategy so uh, to help them remember everything they want to do um on a on a particular day.
1: Okay. And then could you uh also just give a, a, a an overview of the thinking skills for work program? Do you have some oh, certainly. For people about that?
0: Yeah. So we um in some of our prospective research and in other researchers uh projects as well, what has become clear is that cognitive functioning or or thinking skills which include paying attention and concentrating learning information and remembering it, planning ahead, problem-solving, et cetera, are all important skills uh, for community functioning and for work, and are also skills that um, some people who have psychiatric illness have difficulties with. And all these skills, as I said, are important for work, and prospective studies have shown how important they are by indicating that people who have greater challenges in their thinking skills often have difficulty both getting and keeping work so because of these um, because of these data we developed a cognitive program to both help people improve their cognition and manage it manage cognitive challenges and to take control over these skills so that they're working for the person and so the thinking skills for work involves Um, and I'll just give a brief overview Uh, an assessment of people's cognitive strengths and weaknesses um, per self-report by talking to um, their employment specialist etc and finding out which cognitive areas are strengths for the person and which areas may have been obstacles in in, uh, prior work Um, so for example some people have trouble paying attention, or paying attention for long periods that are necessary for certain job tasks, and that um, inattention might have cost them a job. So we take stock of the person's range of their um, cognitive uh, skills and cognitive functioning, and, um, and then we figure out through a job loss analysis which cognitive areas have really been a particular issue for this person. Then we have a standardized, 24-lesson-plan, computerized cognitive practice uh, that is based on COGPAC exercises. Uh, we use a, a select group of those exercises, and we organize that those exercises in a meaningful manner in this curriculum. So each time the person is uh, working on a lesson plan, um, they're practicing broad-range cognitive skills, like attention, learning, problem solving, Um, each time they're uh, in the lab and working with the cognitive specialist. So the cognitive specialist is the person who is facilitating thinking skills for work. And they do the assessment with the client. um, And then they work with the person in the computerized cognitive practice. And the goal of the practice is for the person to help improve their cognition. Um, And even areas where a person has strengths can be improved uh, through practice. The cognitive specialist is providing strategy coaching to the person while they're doing the exercises. And strategy coaching involves teaching the person more effective approaches to the cognitive exercises. So for example, um, we often see that people don't, uh, are giving information that um, they need to study and learn um, that is then there's a pop quiz on it after a delay, and not everyone takes full advantage of the time they have to learn that information, so they're not really putting in effortful attention. Um, They may think they are, but they often don't. And as a result, they don't remember the information. So strategy coaching would involve helping the person pay more close attention to the information and apply learning strategies like chunking it or organizing it in a meaningful manner to increase its chances of being there when it's time to recall it. And all of this practice takes effort and so the cognitive specialist um, enhances the person's motivation to try hard by linking the exercises to work um, or work tasks that the client is likely to encounter in the job that they're looking for. So um, thinking skills for work is integrated with vocational services optimally supported employment and the cognitive specialist collaborates with the client's employment specialist um, in order to um, help the client search um, in an efficient manner in their job search and um, perform the job in uh, in a way that will enable them to keep it. So the employment specialist is very important to this process. Um, The other component, um, in addition to the computerized cognitive practice, is uh, the individualized self-management strategy. So these involve figuring out what strategies would help the person improve their uh, functioning in in meeting with the employment specialist, looking for a job, and performing the job once they get one. So these involve, as I said, making to-do lists or developing a routine or prioritizing work tasks. Um, or keeping a schedule so they don't miss appointments with their employment specialist, which um, prevents them from receiving the full benefits of these services. Uh, Let's see, the other issues that come up that are um, addressed in the self-management component involve negative self-thinking. So sometimes when the cognitive specialist is, is working with the client in the exercises, clients will disclose thoughts such as, nobody will ever hire me, or. I can't do this I'm not you know smart enough to do these tasks or some you know they may disclose some um, disparaging thought about themselves and this is important because if people are not optimistic about their ability to be a worker um, then they may not try as hard in the job search Um, or if they're not uh, hopeful in their ability to benefit from the cognitive practice, they may not try as hard in the cognitive practice. So the cognitive specialist um, points out that the person is having these kinds of thoughts and teaches them skills to challenge them. Um, and it's a little bit like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, but um, it's specifically based on uh, these kinds of uh, thinking that the kind is, um, is revealing in uh, in their work with the cognitive specialist. Uh, so um, other self-management strategies address problems with attention, with um, thinking speed. Um, so uh, work demands uh, responses in adequate periods of time, such as answering a customer's question or um, making a decision. And exercises uh, practice those areas, um, but. Sometimes people still need to manage difficulties in them, and so uh, we teach self-management strategies for for thinking speed. And we also, if someone doesn't have a routine at home for um, getting ready for work in the morning or um, a nighttime routine, the cognitive specialist helps the client adopt one, because having a routine helps people perform tasks more efficiently, um, because they do them in the same order and become automatic, and that reduces the time it takes to complete them. So those are some of the examples of strategies. So, um, so, so far I've described assessment, um, which involves determining someone's cognitive strengths and weaknesses, um, jo- a job loss analysis to figure out what areas of cognition have been stumbling blocks for the person in their work pursuits, Then the person receives 24, uh, completes 24 lesson plans of uh, a standardized, manualized cognitive curriculum um, that is uh, facilitated by the cognitive specialist and who helps the person get the most out of them through strategy coaching and uh, motivational uh, enhancements to their practice. And then individualized self-management strategies are taught to the person Um, to help optimize, as I said, their uh, their functioning in the community. And the latter in particular is um, the employment specialist is engaged around those because they can help suggest what self-management strategies might be helpful for the person and also prompt the client to use that strategy um, in the community.
1: Thank you. Um, So I know we just talked a whole lot about what the program is, and so people give context for the work that you do, but I realize I don't know where to point people to find out more about the program. Where, where would people? Who would they? Where would they look? Who would they talk?
0: Well, um, at the Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation website, uh, I have um, we have a couple of uh, links there on on uh, on my on the page describing my research are links to. Uh, a very basic description of thinking skills for work and there's a list of of references of some of the studies that we 've done um it's a it's available throughout um not throughout uh the United States but in certain um mental health agencies in certain states its it is available um right now we're in the middle of uh anyidler funded study to develop a scaled-up version of Thinking Skills for Work for vocational uh, specialists to learn how to do it um, so they can implement it uh, in their um, vocational program. So we're moving towards making Thinking Skills for Work much more widely available for people. Um, And I also want to say one other thing about who might who might benefit from it um, because that's often a question from uh, mental health treatment teams and vocational specialists uh, who might um, profit the most from it. And although um, many people who have serious psychiatric illnesses have difficulties with thinking skills, not everyone needs a, a, a formal cognitive program. And the reason I say that is, there are, um, it, it's a time commitment, and not everyone needs it, even though they may have cognitive problems, they may already have effective management, uh, self-management of those problems. We think people who may benefit from it are people who have received good vocational services, such as support employment, but haven't benefited from those. Um, And cognitive problems are often the culprit um, because they can prevent people from receiving the full benefits of this Um, evidence-based practice Um, and so these are people who may have had a job but got fired um, or quit and walked off the job without job plans or who have had consistent trouble in in getting work in supported employment Um, despite receipt of these services. So these are people who may get more out of supported employment by uh, receiving a cognitive program like Digging Skills for Work. Okay,
1: and for anyone who's in the room, uh, I put the links to both Susan's profile and the Cognitive Remediation Newsletter that she mentioned. Um, So Evan actually asks, um, has there been any study comparing, one, the use of software plus individualized self-management strategies to uh to in context individualized self managed strategies alone without the software piece so i can I can do that again so any study comparing uh the uh the use of software plus individualized self management strategies to uh in context uh individualized self managed strategies alone so without the software
0: yeah well that's a great question um we're actually just we, we actually just finished an NIMH-funded trial of exactly that. So the reason why that's a really interesting question is because the cognitive practice takes a commitment, takes a time commitment. So I said we have a 24, um, 24 lesson plan curriculum, and for some people that may take 30 hours to complete, depending on... Um, their cognitive challenges greater cognitive challenges may take them longer but of course the profits um, would be or could be bigger Uh, but uh, it's it's resource intensive Um, it requires time the cognitive specialist time the clients time and um, we don't want people to do that if they don't need it to get where they want to go so Self-management strategies, as I said, are strategies we all use every day. Um, and for some reason, some of our clients don't use them at all or to their advantage. And for some clients, these may, using these strategies in a, um, in a thoughtful way, meaning ones that they will use and benefit from, may be all they need to really get the most out of um, uh, vocational services or get a job and keep it um, without services so we we had some indication that some people may just need self-management strategies from our last uh, study which we published in 2015 and in some uh, secondary analyses we showed that um, some people in particular uh, with uh, mood disorders um, not need the cognitive training or not everyone may need the cognitive uh, exercise practice but may just need some help in developing a routine or some suggestions for working around memory difficulties or or compensating for those or some help in in um, solving unexpected problems on the job which can be um, a problem for some people uh, and so because of those um, kind of intriguing secondary findings, Secondary um, findings. we uh, completed a study randomizing people to receive the full thinking skills for work, which involves the cognitive practice and the self-management strategies compared to self-management strategies alone. So, you know, plus all the other elements of thinking skills such as assessment and engaging the employment specialists, et cetera. So this allows us a chance to evaluate is who the computer practice is important for, and who may just need the self-management strategies. We haven't um, fully analyzed these data yet, so we we don't know the answer. But our hypothesis was that people who have greater cognitive challenges, and often that involves people uh, with schizophrenia, um, they may need everything, um, all the aspects of thinking skills. But people who are... Who um, don't have as great a burden of cognitive difficulties may just need some help with managing cognitive challenges. And so we should know, um, we should have uh, the finding uh, in a couple months, and can address this issue. And it, it helps lead to more personalized medicine in that um, we can determine who needs uh, who needs what.
1: Well, thank you. Um, so, a couple of things, uh, Diane wrote in the room that says, hello, Susan, this is Diane. I worked alongside you at the trial project with Clubhouse of Suffolk. So just acknowledging that Diane, Diane. Here, here with you today. Uh, Diane. The next, go ahead.
0: Um, we published that study in, uh, I guess it was 2010, maybe. Um, yeah. We had very successful implementation of thinking skills for work in, in a clubhouse that uh, was delivering supported employment services and very good services and that's in Suffolk County in Long Island.
1: Uh, The second one is a question uh, from Susan and Susan submitted this in advance. She asks, how can cognitive remediation help with focus and executive functioning deficits?
0: Help with focus, you said?
1: Focus and executive functioning deficits.
0: Okay, so, you know, it's interesting. That's an interesting question. So, cognitive remediation um, and... In particular the computer exercise practice. This was first really applied in people with traumatic brain injury and the one area where it's a consistent recommendation for people with TBI is for attentional difficulty and some people have a lot of problems in paying attention and paying sustained attention and uh, computer practice can really help with that because it helps um, force it force practices attention over an hour session, so people are building up their cognitive stamina by doing these exercises. So they're getting um, a specific boost to their cognition based on the exor- what the exercise is addressing. It might be learning, or problem solving, or attention. But globally, they're they are needing to focus for that full hour. Or hour and a half however long the session is and that's really working a concentration muscle and has uh, great implications for the ability to work a job that requires intense concentration and to go to school and uh, be successful at it um, that requires high levels of concentration so there are specific exercises that practice attention but all exercises require attention um, they're, they're on, we use CogPack. it's a commercially available software program that's um, available on the internet. It's, rel, it's relatively inexpensive. Um, we're, we're not involved in the um, sale of it. Uh, we are a consumer of it. Um, it, it provides uh, broad-based practice and the exercises are really good. And there's a few in the CogPack suite that practice sustained attention. So these exercises can be up to five minutes long and require a continual response. And so the cognitive specialist can monitor if the person is on task, meaning paying attention, based on the responses they're required to um in doing that exercise. And it's very um, it can be very t- uh, tiring for some people uh, because it's a cognitive skill that they may not have used in a while. Um, and but is very important for community activities so that's um, that 's a long uh, description of uh, how you can help improve people 's attention um, there 's no way around improving it other than using it, and that is one um, that is one bonus of the of the cognitive exercise curriculum um, The other uh, question is about how do you help improve people's executive function? And executive functioning is a a term that um, applies to broad-based skills, um, such as conceptual reasoning, abstract thinking, planning ahead, and solving problems, and recognizing that there's a problem. Some people have difficulty with that, um, really, and can really benefit from some concrete help from, say, the employment specialist to recognize there's a problem, such as if, the, if you're working as a cashier and your line is longer than everybody else's, or if the customer is angry. Um, some people need prompts to understand when there's a problem, and that requires a solution. So how do you help people um, improve that? Well, in the cognitive exercises include uh, practice of conceptual reasoning, uh, planning ahead, Uh, there's a maze task that requires looking ahead to avoid blind alleys in getting to the solution of the maze and that practices um, planning Um, there are specific kinds of problems or puzzles that people uh, do on the curriculum and strategy coaching from the cognitive specialists involves um, helping people develop a plan um, and um, carrying out the plan in concrete steps, uh, and usually involves paper and pencil to generate solutions. So, in um, so that's computer practice. Then, in self-management strategies. People can compensate for uh, problem recognition by, as I said, having the employment specialist help them understand what would be a problem on that job that they're either starting or a job that they have or a job they want. What would be a problem? And then um, work through uh, solutions for those problems with the client ahead of time so that they have a plan for problem recognition and a solution so that um, when that problem arises, they know what to do. So, for example, um, one gentleman uh, wasn't sure how to do, you know, if he was afraid of his supervisor, who he thought was rather gruff. And so they had a plan that when um, a coworker was on his shift, that he could ask that coworker how to solve a particular problem. That would be his kind of go-to problem solver. And if that coworker wasn't there, then he could, uh, the client could call the employment specialist to work through a solution. Rather than trying to solve a problem that they don't know the solution on, um, that may get them into trouble. So that would be an example of planning ahead. You know, I, I, planning ahead for a particular problem and then having a solution in, in place. Sure.
1: Um, can I, I'd like to tie up a couple loose ends with this question before we move on to the next. Uh, so, Evan wanted to clarify a couple things. First, you, uh, can you give the names of the assessments that you used before? You mentioned the software, CogPack.
0: Yeah. So, CogPack is uh, cognitive software and it provides exercises that practice uh, broad thinking skills Uh, attention, sustained attention, learning, memory, verbal learning, spatial learning, um, problem-solving, planning. So that's a platform to uh, help practice cognitive skills. And then these formal assessments of cognition. So this is a this is an interesting question because many people who are if there are vocational specialists on the call, et cetera, they don't have access to somebody who can conduct a, cog, a formal neuropsychological assessment for the client. Sometimes clients have them in their in their medical records, and they can be um, accessed there. Maybe um, the person who performed it, a psychologist, can go through it with them. But by and large, these kinds of assessments are not typically available in usual services or in our vocational services. So it's a great tool if it's available to do a, um, a cognitive assessment, and there are several that are currently um, currently available and have good psychometrics for um, people with a psychiatric illness, such as the brief assessment of cognition developed by Keith and colleagues. The uh, matrix battery, that's kind of the gold standard for assessing uh, cognition in people with schizophrenia and other severe mental illnesses. That's um, lots of uptake in clinical trials using the matrix battery. It's rather lengthy, it's about 90 minutes. The BACS is about 30 minutes. If these uh, assessments are available to people, they're great to use because it can help uh, inform people's any frank impairments, meaning areas that are uh, um, impaired, um, and it's always good to know, uh, and, as well, and as well as relative strengths and weaknesses. So you may have a variety of um, impairments, but you can also know which areas are strong for the person and capitalize on those. We, um, in, in um, thinking skills, we have a thinking skills for work assessment, that doesn't involve formal assessments because we know that they're typically not available. So we have uh, a self-report interview um, where we ask the person about each area of cognition, attention, memory, problem solving, and and ask how how their skills are in each of those areas. We ask about any self-management strategies they're already using. Um, and how they're working for the person, so we know what we can add on or help improve. Um, and uh, we also do, a, as I said, a job and a job loss analysis for the person's most recent job to understand in great detail what went wrong on the job. And in, in the case that the client was fired, um, and in particular, focusing on whatever cognitive contributions may have had a hand in that job loss. So if the person was consistently late and that cost them their job, well, we'd look at why they were late. Um, was it because they overslept or didn't know the bus schedule or missed the bus or some other, some other reason that could, is preventable. And with a routine or some planning ahead, uh, can um help avoid that problem in the future, and cognition or cognitive problems is not responsible for everything for everything that goes wrong, but it often has a hand in some in pro, in some problems on the job and when addressed can help the person be more successful i 'm not oh. sure i david did i answer the question
1: yeah he yeah he, he, he it looks like evan is happy with you um Okay so I'll, I'll go to the uh, one last point, if you could just do it briefly so I can move on to the other questions. Uh, it was a follow up. Um, do you have plans on when you'll submit the follow up study you mentioned for publication?
0: Oh, you mean the comparing the full thinking skills work with the self management component?
1: Yeah, I think you said something like in the next couple months, you were wrapping something it up
0: I oh yeah that's... we I, I uh I'm hopeful that we will have it out in early fall.
1: Okay. Uh, do you know what journals you'll submit it to? He, he's clarifying what journal.
0: Um. No, we we haven't uh, yeah. yeah. know that yet. We often decide that once we have the paper written.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. So moving on to the the next. Um. So we have a question from an individual submitted in advance. Um, is as uh, someone who has lived with schizophrenia disorder since childhood, they're now 47. Uh. They most recently worked as a nurse practitioner and a hospital administrator. Uh, They ask, I worked in a healthcare setting for 25 years but resigned five years ago and have worked very little since. I struggle with gradually worsening word-finding difficulty, working memory deficits, and impaired processing speeds. I have access to Lumosity and Brain HQ, but find it difficult to motivate myself to play uh, quote-unquote brain games without professional guidance. What else can I do to address my cognitive challenges as I begin to assess my ability to return to work?
0: Yeah, that's uh that's a complicated question and um I'm sorry to hear that um they're not uh working in their uh field right now. Um I I might recommend that how old is the person? Forty seven. Young. Um but if they're really aware that they're or feel like they're having some declines in information processing and and word finding and what was the other area uh,
1: word finding uh working memory deficits and impaired processing speed
0: if i if i could suggest that the person contact their uh mental health provider and ask to be referred for a neuropsychological assessment i think that would be very helpful uh, especially if they held a job for sounds like most of their adult life and uh, a very um, you know professional uh, job that required uh, significant education, and only recently has uh, lost it and and is noticing some cognitive issues. Um, I. I would have I would have an assessment. I would have them checked, and if they can connect with a neuropsychologist, I think that would be very helpful in understand uh, in understanding if there are cognitive changes and um, what might be contributing to them. And it could be any number of issues uh, that I can't I don't have enough information to even guess. But uh, I would I would recommend that and. In terms of doing the uh, at-home cognitive training with various commercially available software, um, many people report, see this is the issue, uh, many people report that they're not, you know, they don't stick with it or they're not interesting. And that's why we have trained, a trained facilitator because uh, these kind of self-administered cognitive exercises can be problematic in that people may be approaching exercises in an inefficient or ineffective way and practicing an ineffective strategy over and over and unfortunately getting really good at doing something badly um, because they don't have a trained person there to help recommend a better way to do the task and to give them encouragement and uh, motivation and to help um, stoke their effort. So that's kind of a drawback of of self-administration of cognitive practice. And um, there are a variety of studies that have pretty much showed that this kind of practice for people with schizophrenia anyway, um, and I realize that's not necessarily addressing the person who's asking this question, but it's not effective. Um, And so that's why cognitive remediation for people with schizophrenia, for example, and other uh, psychiatric illnesses that often have a cognitive cost, um, that computerized practice alone is not considered cognitive remediation. It's typically combined with a uh, trained professional. So then the issue becomes where might they access that in their community and that's the issue. That's why I think these commercially available programs are so popular is because cognitive remediation um, effective cognitive remediation is not widely available yet. That's why scaling up is really imperative for a, fe- a scaling up of, a, of effective programs. Um, but if they could contact their uh, a local mental health agency, or maybe they're connected with one, and ask them. And in fact, if they do follow up to to get a referral to a neuropsychologist, they can ask that person if there is um a professional or professionals in the area that can provide this service and it could be covered by their insurance
1: yeah so the person to clarify a couple of things they have had the uh assessment done but they can't uh, find uh, an affordable program for them they they've been connected you know, to a, a neuropsychologist, it seems like, and they just can't afford it, and they're based out of New York City.
0: Well, if you could ask them to email me, I might be able to give them some recommendations. Yeah, I can give it to everybody. It's mcgurk at bu.edu. All right. Um, and yeah,
1: I, never- I also
0: say that we, um, my uh, thinking skills work was developed uh, by myself and Kim User, and we've tested this in... Multiple randomized controlled trials in a variety of uh vocational models, and the most effective model of course, is supported employment, so competitive work is much greater in uh in those uh, in those studies that use uh, high fidelity support employment a- Another point to be made is for um and I, I realize there's a variety of folks on the call, and please ask questions, so i'm um providing information that's relevant uh but what we found is even in across the studies that we've done we we get a pretty good cognitive effect size across our studies but and um Thus far, we've published primarily um, work studies, so work being our primary outcome. But our competitive work outcomes are greatest in better vocational models like supported employment. So this really suggests that tinkering with cognitive effect sizes may not be as important as having high fidelity psychosocial rehabilitation services because across these studies, Similar, you know, we we get cognitive effects in our studies, um, but our primary outcome is is work. Uh, So, having say two different studies that have the same cognitive effect size, the same cognitive intervention, one study has much better work outcome in the context of supported employment compared to one that has a traditional or brokered uh, vocational service services that does not have a great track record. It kind of shows that. Um, a little bit of sharpening and honing of cognitive skills combined with evidence-based psychosocial rehabilitation is the most effective way to impact functioning and I actually um, no one has really asked this question but it's really important and that is that improving cognition alone meaning in a in a standalone program just you know, maybe at home in a self administered program or in a in a clinic um and even though the person may have a particular goal that cognition could be improved depending on how they're practicing it, but it's unlikely to transfer to the community. In fact, the data are pretty strong that it does not transfer to community function, so those cog that cognitive effort and that cognitive practice is squandered. Um, because the person is also um, not receiving psychosocial rehabilitation for the goal or goals that they have. The combination of cognitive practice and effective rehabilitation, say social skills training or supported employment or illness management recovery, that helps the person get more out of the rehabilitation. And the way we understand that is that the cognitive practice helps people sharpen up their attentional skills and their learning and having those sharpened up skills in the context of a rehabilitation program that needs them that uses those cognitive skills helps the person get more out of that program Um, some people may be still doing the cognitive practice on on their own but So far, studies are not very promising in the ability of those cognitive effects to transfer on their own. Um, So, uh, yeah, if any kind of combined program would be um, a much better investment of someone's time.
1: Um, The next question we have is from Regina. She says, hello, Susan. As a fellow occupational therapist, we are uh, concerned with supporting people with daily function. As a result of your work, what can you say is our key learning in the area as a result of your work? uh thanks for all you do
0: yeah well thank you um occupational therapists are where it's at, and um you know we aren't really lucky enough to encounter them in in uh typical outpatient mental health services uh but these are people who really get what we're doing um as you know, they understand how cognition affects functioning. So it's a really good question. Like what is what is the take home of this? Um, you know, I would say that it, it depends on who the client is. So if it's somebody who is pretty well burdened with cognitive impairments, I would give a combination treatment if at all possible where you're um, concomitantly practicing their cognitive skills and figuring out what self-management per, uh, strategies, and you can limit it to one or two, would really help this person function better and provide them both at the same time, um, along with any other programming that's available to that client. And that, you know, that combination is really effective for functional impact. The other, um, and for people who are not as heavily burdened with cognitive problems but still have some difficulties Getting where they want to go in their daily lives. Uh, self-management strategies alone can really help the person uh, organize their day, prioritize their tasks, remember their appointments. Um, so if that's all that's available, those are those can be very effective. And um, if I can put in a plug for our book, um, where uh, cognitive enhancement uh, for work is impressed uh, in Guilford press and it should be out, I'm hoping in a few months, um, we describe in great detail our uh, cognitive self-management curriculum, um, which we are testing on its own in a variety of trials. And in in fact, um, an occupational therapist in Oregon has modified our materials uh, for thinking skills for living curriculum and is administering it to people in residential care to help them improve their independent living skills in order to improve, increase their independent living context, in other words, to move out of these residences and live independently or in a more independent um, situation. And uh, that combination has been very effective, where the OT is doing thinking skills for living, the self-management strategies and cognitive practice, Along with the other skills training in the residence, and it's really helped people uh, move out of um, these residences, these locked residences.
1: Okay, you hey, know, I just went and looked for your book, and it's not on uh, Guilford's uh, Press's website yet. So
0: I, I think still, it's not, it's not quite there yet, but we're hoping in a few months.
1: Okay. Yep. So, Tamara writes, hi, Susan. For those of us now working with adolescents and young adults at risk of serious mental illness, any suggestions for how to begin addressing cognitive strategies in a preventative way?
0: Um, Yeah. So, there's uh, data from the NAVIGATE trial, sorry, from the RAISE trial. They may have, they may be familiar with uh, this Um, RAISE intervention that involves NAVIGATE, which is a psychosocial treatment program, and RAISE was developed for people um, uh, in uh, having early course uh, schizophrenia. And what was interesting in in the cognitive findings, which are not published yet, but have been presented at a a conference by Nina Schooler, showed that people who received NAVIGATE, um, and these were younger folks, had uh, improved cognitive functioning from baseline. So, and there there are a few other studies that show that psychosocial rehabilitation, a good comprehensive program like Navigate, for example, can help people improve their cognitive functioning. Now, how can that be? Well, um, this is just conjecture, uh, but some people early in their illness uh, or who are becoming ill, May become depressed or at higher risk for substance abuse. May become isolated. Um, often have failures in their community role functioning, like being a student or a worker. Um, and younger people, it's more likely to be student. May, uh, being a student, they may drop out or flunk out of school and isolate. So they're um, developing a cognitively, cognitively sedentary lifestyle and that could contribute to some of the cognitive issues that we see in people who have longer-term illness. So engaging them in this uh, Navigate program and stimulating their interest in going back to school, in staying in school, in going to school and getting a job, that combination is a common goal in these younger folks, uh, may help prevent uh, some of the cognitive problems that are part and parcel of, of some of these illnesses, um, or even better, help stimulate cognitive activity and, and improve cognitive functioning. So I wouldn't say the first thing to do is to jump into a cognitive program, because the evidence in the first episode thus far is scant. Um, the the more compelling data indicate engagement in, um, you know, Community uh, community programs that uh, something like Navigate helps people acquire. It's um, you know keeping them ha- having a grasp on their community goals and engaging them in community activities. Okay,
1: and I think this is the last question we have. So, uh, Adam is asking, uh, I'd be particularly interested in any peer-to-peer methodologies or programming, and I'm going to put it in the context of cognitive remediation. So how, what, what, how can peers be involved in this
0: process? Uh, so I, I don't know of, of many studies that have looked at peer in, um, peer-run cognitive programs. Clearly, this is uh, peers are resources that uh, can and should be accessed for these interventions. And um, I know in talking to folks at the center, uh, students who come to the Center for Psych Rehab, I am just really impressed at people's uh, range of skills in, in using self management strategies. And people have, you know, can teach each other what is uh, working for them. Um, I know in some of our programs uh, that have been implemented in mental health agencies, oftentimes the cognitive specialist will either employ up um, a peer or on a volunteer basis a, um a peer will come and help run a lab and this you know this is great resource for the program um, because they'll uh, help the cognitive specialists and that of course increases the um, available resources for running it um, I should mention that Although, uh, Thinking Skills for Work, is, it can be done individually, but also in small groups. So you can have a couple people uh, working through their curriculum individually at their computer station um, at the same time in a room with the cognitive specialist sort of uh, providing strategy coaching uh, to each person as needed. And it increases the potential to engage more, more people in the intervention. And then having a peer who's graduated from the program already and knows it, um, assist the cognitive specialist uh, is a um, is a way to uh, engage, allow more enrollment in the program. Great. Find more information about peer-involved or peer-delivered cognitive programs. I'll, I'll put it on the website. Uh,
1: what website are you talking about? The center Hi. website? Oh,
0: yeah. your website.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Susan, for answering everyone's questions today and for everyone else for attending. Uh, The next, next Ask Me Anything About Employment session is coming soon. Thank you again, and we look forward to having you join us in the future.